We're just listening to the house of mercy, waiting for the waters to stir. I've been embraced by a whole new community. That's what happens when you're finally honest about who you are. You find others like you, and others find the strength to be honest about who they are. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning into the House of Mercy podcast. It's good to know you're out there listening. Uh, welcome. Yeah, it's, uh, it's great uh, to be here with you in this form. We will. Uh, we're very excited. Looking forward to July 11th. And we will begin, once again, meeting in person inside the House of Mercy, uh, uh, yeah, every week. Yeah, and I, if you weren't there last Sunday, we ended up meeting inside because it was raining. And at first I thought, oh my gosh, this is going to feel so weird. But it felt beautiful to hear the band playing. Yeah, it was wonderful. It so. did. It did. It did feel really beautiful, and just to see everyone, and so we're looking forward to that. Uh, July eleventh, uh, come back. We of course we still will be doing the podcast uh, like we did before um, the before we stopped meeting in person. Um, so if you've grown accustomed to that and aren't quite ready to come back, you still will have that podcast. Um, we'd love to see you though. Yeah. Hey, this is the House of Mercy, and welcome to it. I invite you to join me in the prayer of invocation. God of mercy, we may or may not have the faith to make us well, but we pray for enough to trust we are loved to be released from fear, to breathe in mercy so we can breathe it out again. If we could glimpse your presence near us or even out there somewhere, we would be grateful. Amen. May the peace of Christ be with you. Share a sign of peace. Won't you please join us in singing There's a Higher Power found on page 94 of your House of Mercy hymnal. When burdens seem to overcome, there's a higher power who's able and refuses none. There's a higher power Then why ask men to help you through? There's a higher power Helpless pilgrims just like you. There's so let's sing and shout and walk and talk and there's a higher power Lay down your soul cause Jesus bought There's a higher power well, amen. Amen. amen, amen There's a higher power Rest on high. There's a higher power. 
Unless they do, they surely die. Singing, shouting, walking, talking There's a higher power Lay down your soul Cause Jesus bought There's a higher power Amen, amen, amen. amen. There's a higher power Amen, amen, amen. There's a higher power built these mighty guns There's a power. They built those automobiles that run There's a power. But my brothers and sisters who mark this town There's a power. They can't build you no heavenly crown There's a higher power So let's sing and shout and walk and talk and There's a higher power Lay down your soul as Jesus bought There's a higher power join me in the prayers of community. I'll end each prayer or petition with God in your mercy and I invite you to respond. Hear our prayer. Gracious Creator, we pray that you will make all things work together for good. This may seem like a nearly preposterous hope and yet we pray seriously, foolishly, and without ceasing, that you will attend to the suffering, the cataclysms, and crises. Wrap your arms around this world, or whatever it is you do, to ease people's pain and the groaning of creation. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of mercy, help us not to be too fixated on ourselves, on our successes, failures, drama, dreams. Release us from the fear and anxiety thinking of ourselves can bring. Release us to care for each other instead, to look outside farther and deeper, and to have mercy on ourselves and on others when we aren't quite capable of kindness and love. Help us believe in what we can't even understand, what stretches far beyond ourselves. Help us put our trust in you, your love and mercy. We need it. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of mercy, help us to find each other, to actually search and wonder and not take for granted or give up on or Never even really consider that much the people we encounter every day. Our slightly bothersome neighbor, relatives, and friends, and enemies. Keep surprising us with the possibility of friendship and the possibility of being delighted in another's being and the beauty and strangeness of one another's humanity. Help us forgive all that we need to forgive. 
God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of mercy, we pray that those who govern might be able to resist the powers of evil, lies and idolatry and the pull of mammon. Not that I know how all this works, but it seems like our nations could use some help to do justice, to work toward the common good, to make peace, to end scapegoating, to make meaningful strides to end racism. Surely you are present somehow in the seats of power. It seems like it could help us all if you could transform them with your love. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of mercy, it's remarkable considering the depth and breadth of sickness and violence and loneliness and pain that there can be, that there is healing. We pray for healing. Incremental or lavish, miraculous or ordinary. Whatever you can give, we pray for all those we know are in need. Hear us now as we pray for those in need who are in need of healing as we pause for extended silence. Hear all of the prayers of all of your people. Help us know the mercy. Amen. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered round him, and he was by the lake. Then one of the leaders of the synagogue, named Jairus, came, and when he saw him, fell at his feet and begged him repeatedly, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, so that she may be made well and live. So he went with him, and a large crowd followed him and pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had. And she was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. For, she said, if I but touch his cloak, I will be made well. Immediately her hemorrhage stopped and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you? How can you say who touched me? He looked all around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. 
he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, some people came from the leader's house to say, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the leader of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. He allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the house of the leader of the synagogue, he saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. When he had entered, he said to them, Why do you make a commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. Then he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talithakum, which means, little girl, get up. And immediately the girl got up and began to walk about. She was 12 years of age. At this they were overcome with amazement. He strictly ordered them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is truly one of the heart of the mercy passages in this extraordinary heart of the mercy section of Mark's gospel. It's one of the hearts of the heart of mercy. This story artfully reveals the beauty of Jesus's ever-expanding circle of inclusion. It occurs in the middle of Mark's gospel where Jesus is crossing back and forth from the western shore of the Sea of Galilee to the eastern shore. On the west side, Jesus teaches and heals in the predominantly Jewish towns, then crosses the sea and teaches and heals in the predominantly Gentile towns. He crosses back and forth. Jesus casts out demons on the west side. He casts out demons on the east side. He heals a woman on the west side. He heals a woman on the east side. He feeds the 4,000 on the west side. And he feeds the 5,000 on the east side. Yeah, in Mark's gospel, there are two feedings of the multitude. Jesus crosses back and forth across the sea, calming it as he crosses, commanding the sea, walking on it, healing the open, angry sea, crossing back and forth, stitching together the western and the eastern shores of the sea, like closing a wound so it can heal. In today's gospel section, Jesus has just returned from the eastern shore where he healed the Gerasian demoniac. The text begins, when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered around him. A leader of the synagogue, Jairus, came out of the crowd and fell at Jesus' feet and begged him repeatedly, My little daughter is at the point of death. Please come and lay hands on her and heal her. So Jesus went with him, and the large crowd comes along with them, all the while growing and pressing in on them. 
There's a woman who had bled for 12 years. She'd been bleeding for 12 years. and She had repeatedly seen doctors and nothing helped to stop the hemorrhaging. She had heard about Jesus and she pressed her way, pushed her way through the crowd and came up behind him and reaching out and touching his cloak. She had believed that even if she could just touch his clothes, she would be healed. Immediately when she touched his cloak, her bleeding stopped, and she knew in her body that she was healed. Immediately Jesus stopped. Jairus, the synagogue leader, stopped. The crowd following and pressing in on them stopped. Jesus turned around, searching the crowd. Who touched me? Who touched my clothes? His disciples looked puzzled and said, Look, the whole crowd is pressing in on us. What do you mean, who touched you? Jesus insisted, Someone touched my clothes. I felt power go out from me. And the woman, knowing it was her, he was talking about, it was her, she felt the power. Her bleeding had stopped. She felt it in her body, that power, and it had healed her. She came forward in fear and trembling and fell down in front of him and told him the whole truth. And Jesus looked into her eyes and said, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed. While this is all happening, some people from the synagogue leader's house arrived and said to Jairus, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher anymore? Why don't you just come home with us? But Jesus overheard their conversation and said to the synagogue leader, Wait a minute, don't fear, only believe. And he told the crowd not to follow him. And he went with just his disciples and Jairus to the house. And when they arrived, the people were weeping and wailing. He went inside and said to the mourners, Why are you making such a commotion and weeping? This child is not dead, she is sleeping. And they all laughed at him. Jesus told the people to leave. He took the mother and father and went to the child and took her by the hand and said to her, Little girl, get up. And immediately the girl got up. She was 12 years old and began to walk around. They were overcome with amazement, and he ordered them not to tell anyone and to give her something to eat. This is a story about the fear of death and impurity, about blood and faith. This story within a story is about the daughters of Zion and a faith that breaks through all fear and death and impurity. Mark tells us at the end of the story in a parenthetical statement that the girl is 12 years old, which means that she's on the edge of maturity. She has had or soon will have begun menstruating and will be ready for her father to choose a husband for her. Father James Allison, the great biblical theologian and patron saint of House of Mercy, suggests that this young girl is not possessed with sickness or some evil which is bringing her to the point of death. But instead, she is attempting to assert her own will in a family and a cultural situation that gives her no way to be authentically who she is. That there is only one predetermined acceptable way for her to be. And as she becomes closer to the time when the choice of who she becomes and how she will live in the world is going to be taken from her, 
and she's made to accept the identity of someone she is not. She attempts to control the only thing she can, while she still can, and she begins to starve herself. In the middle of the story of the leader of the synagogue seeking Jesus to heal his little daughter, Jesus encounters the woman who's been bleeding for 12 years, this other daughter of Zion. According to the Jewish purity laws, a woman is unclean when she is menstruating. She must isolate herself. She can have no physical contact with anyone. She cannot go to synagogue. She will make anyone she comes in contact with impure as well, unclean. So, for the 12 years this woman has been bleeding, she has been ritually unclean, unable to get married or to have a family, to have sex, to be a part of her community. Her place has been determined by cultural norms and laws that do not see her, but only see what is determined unacceptable, impure, unclean in her. But here in the middle of this story, Marx help us, helps us to really see her, to see who she is. And she does not accept the limitations put on her. She will not accept her role as unclean, untouchable. She will not obey the laws that limit her, isolate her, and determine who she can be. In spite of the purity laws that forbid her to enter a crowd, to come in physical contact with another person, and especially a rabbi, she has a powerful kind of belief and an amazing faith that she can determine who she is and that it is okay to be who she is. So she pushes her way through the crowd, getting as close to Jesus as she can, and she reaches out and touches his clothes, believing that she will be healed with this forbidden touch. And that, and that faith leads her to feel the power. Her bleeding stops, and she feels in her body what she knows to be true. She was healed. When Jesus stops and asks who touched him, who received the power that went out from him, she is afraid. She has broken all these laws, and she has done it in front of the leader of the synagogue. But even while afraid, her faith, the faith that healed her, gives her the strength to speak up over her fear and present herself fully and completely to Jesus. The text says, The woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him, and told him the whole truth. Told him the whole truth about her. Told him who she is and what she desires, and all that she was willing to do to be healed so she, so she could be freely and completely herself. Jesus hears her whole truth and sees her whole truth and says to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Be healed. It is at this point that they come from the synagogue leader's house and tell him that his daughter is dead, and Jairus hears and accepts the news of the death of his daughter. Jesus steps up to him and gestures to the woman as if to say, Look, were you not paying attention? This daughter of Zion has broken through the fear of death and impurity with a faith in the life that comes that faith with a faith that in the life that is in all creation do not be overcome by fear but by belief and Jesus brings the father and the mother to the bedside of the daughter 
and says to them, she is not dead. See her fully. See her whole truth. Don't look with eyes filled with fear, but with a faith in the life that is in all creation. Then Jesus reached out his hand and said to the little girl, get up. And she opened her eyes to a world where she was wholly seen by her father and her mother and her creator. And she was alive. The faith of the woman that broke through her fear and gave her the peace and the power to show her whole truth before Jesus and Jairus did not just heal her, but also healed Jairus, giving him the faith to see his daughter. And it healed his daughter. This is the heart of the gospel. This is the radical mercy of God, that this faith that breaks through the fear of death and impurity doesn't just heal one of us, but when one of us shows our whole truth, it begins to heal us all. This is God's table. All are welcome. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread, gave thanks for it, and broke it, and gave it to the disciples to eat, saying, Take, eat. This is my body given for you. Do this, and remember me. And after supper, Jesus took the cup, and gave the cup for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and shed for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this and remember me. Won't you please join us in singing On the Rock Where Moses Stood, found on page 108 of your House of Mercy hymnal. Cry and holy unto the Lord Crying holy unto the Lord Oh, in that day when the bells don't toll Crying holy unto the Lord Crying holy unto the Lord Crying holy unto the Lord Oh, if I could, I surely would stand on the rock where Moses stood. Sinners run unto the Lord. Oh, sinners run unto the Lord. Now please don't let this parable pass and lose your soul at last. Crying holy unto the Lord. Crying holy unto the Lord. Oh, in that day when the bells don't toll, crying holy unto the Lord. Crying holy unto the Lord. Crying holy unto the Lord. See four and twenty elders bowing all around the altar, crying holy. Crying holy unto the Lord Crying 
confident of God's mercy. Trust in the love. Go in peace, assured that the Spirit will never abandon you. Amen.